0: Uh, something just fucking happened that was weird what soon you'll start getting hair in funny places and thinking about girls yeah my, my <laughs> volume just like dropped like fucking 50 percent for no reason yeah okay. that happens man it's a natural part of the process <laughs> Thanks next Dad. thing you know your voice gets deeper we're recording i don't want use this for the intro but <laughs> well. uh...
1: good news everyone majors balls dropped <laughs>
0: Welcome to The Roots Report. I'm Major. I'm Tim. And we have a special guest today. I'm Joe. And I'm back. Joe. Joe's back. Now, Joe, I, I missed you last time. Like uh, Patrick today. Patrick, I hope you're listening. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying your life. Working hard. Paying too much money for gas. Don't worry. We're going to talk about why your gas bill still so incredibly high. We're also going to talk about uh, the Ukrainian relief. What's going on with the London Metal Exchange. Uh, and then we've got a super dope guest um if you guys haven't checked out our first technical analysis podcast it's actually our most popular podcast so i definitely recommend going back checking it out uh spotify apple music wherever you get your favorite podcast Um, same guy joe Uh, joe is the technical analyst or the the technician for roots research llc so it's gonna be really cool to talk to him today about some technical analysis um, breaking out patterns, uh, pattern invalidating patterns, right?
2: Yeah, I want to talk about uh, just kind of as the market's coming down and volatility increases, you see a lot more failed breaks uh, where patterns don't actually play out the way you were expecting them to. Kind of how to identify that and how to still make money whenever it happens.
0: Man, that's gonna be dope. All right, I'm yeah. super excited, uh, more so for that than anything else. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, we had—oh, the, and then I guess we talk about the Fed for two seconds because that's about as long as I want to talk about it. You know, if, if you want to hear more, go back and listen to the last 20 podcasts. It's almost all we've been talking about. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I will take a second to do a victory lap and say I told you so to everyone. I mean, I was talking about 0.025% interest rate hikes forever. Good job, Major. Uh, I, believe, I believe I went so far to call someone in, uh, anyone an idiot who thought I was going to be 0.5. Uh, and then last week I maybe tweeted at Jim Cramer and CNBC— asking them if they could check on a gas leak uh, for Bank of America, because their research department has been trash lately. Has anything
2: from Bank of Us. America not been trash? Um, I'd say between the... Uh,
0: that's a great question.
2: <laughs> between the Fed call and your uh, Amazon split one, you're on the money, man. Keep it up.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Can't forget Peloton. I was... I it, it rebounded a little bit, but still a trash company. Still a trash chart. But thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, 2022 has been... Pretty, pretty good. That was a terrible, terrible impression. I'm I'm not going to tell you who that impression was. I don't Finn's even know. Bad. Don't even care. If it's that terrible, don't we can't care. identify. i fine. Moving past. Yeah, that's it's, <laughs> it's it's that bad. We're gonna go ahead. You know, Finn's gonna edit that right out or keep it in. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, there we go. Um, so let's talk about Joe Biden signing a bill on last Tuesday. Yep. Uh, for 13.6 billion dollars in new aid to Ukraine. Uh, and this includes an additional $800 million that he signed after the virtual address that President Zelensky gave to Congress, which, yeah. if you haven't seen it, uh, it's like eight, nine, ten minutes long. I would watch it. Uh, importantly, watch it, because there is a, a video that they include in the middle of his presentation. So, like, it's great to listen to, but you, you'll definitely want to watch it. And so... He was really asking for two things. One, a no-fly zone, which uh, everyone agrees would drag America into the war, uh, creating World War III. So Biden's very, very... Hesitant uh, about that. Against, yeah, does yeah. not want to do that. No one, no one wants to do that. No. Uh, in fact, uh, Moody's did a poll uh, where they uh, surveyed Americans asking if they should create a no-fly zone. Uh, and it was like 53% sa- uh, agreed that they should create a no-fly zone. But then when uh, the surveyor, the poller... Uh, mentioned that it would probably lead to world war three the number mm. of those who agreed with the no-fly zone dropped to about 35 percent. yeah wow. and i mean it's kind of a disingenuous question if, if you said
2: do you support starting world war three of course everybody's going to back down off of that but it's the administration's been really consistent And on message about not wanting to put US troops in direct conflict with uh, with Russia. So that's and that's in line very much with how the EU is approaching things. The stimulus package is, again, a a show of that solidarity uh, from an economic standpoint that Ukraine definitely needs.
0: Isn't isn't that the point of being rich? Like, you've got a rich dad. He just buys you stuff. So he doesn't have like hang out with you and go to your soccer games. Right. Uh, this is like the same thing, like, no, we're not going to put boots on the ground, but we will give you an additional 9,000 anti-armor systems, 7,000 small arms, 800 Stinger anti-aircraft missile systems, 20 million rounds of ammunition, and 100 drones Well, from a, so they can, quote-unquote, continue to defend their space. Yeah, and yeah. from
2: a purchasing standpoint, it's it's interesting to see the kind of impact that's going to have on these precursor industries here that are domestically based. Your defense industry stocks are obviously doing really well uh, with the conflict, but you're going to see a lot of supply chain stuff start to crunch in on that as well because the metals and materials that they use for those armaments trickle into the domestic sectors too for building materials. So on one hand, you'll have you know some, some growth and relief from the direct purchases, but you may see a crunch in... The costs and maybe some effect on the cpi data uh, because of these so it's going to be really interesting to see how that trickles down through uh, different sectors outside of defense
0: do you have any uh any names in mind for defense stocks
2: uh, not defense stocks specifically i would start looking more towards commodities uh, look at your different steel companies look at uh, coal and energy are going to be big ones because this stuff, uh, you know, it's metallurgic. It takes a lot to move, and there's only so many companies that do that. We've actually done a DD on a, a coal precursor that is yep. doing extremely well. Uh, they're they, one of the few companies. They sell coking
1: coal to be able to smelt steel properly. Yep.
2: They're, they're, yep. There's lots of coal. Um, there's only certain types of coal that can be used in the steel process, and the companies that do mine and distribute that and process it uh, are going to do exceedingly well with stuff like this, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And that ticker is AMR, Alpha Metallurgic Resources, right? Uh, I remember yep. we kind of we Roots Research drops dropped the DD. I remember my average price. I'm going to say low forties, low low forties, early or, or high thirties. I want to say 42 maybe. Uh, and then last week it, it jumped all the way up to one hundred and thirty seven. So you know, Ooh. going absolutely ham in about less than two quarters metals have
1: really taken off though in the past little bit so it makes sense that companies if possible would start to dial up more production to sort of capitalize on the higher price right
2: metals have been a a really popular topic in in our discord here recently um yeah
0: just uh just a huge metal head very (laughs) much so I'm sure you You guys have heard Ah. him
2: talk quite extensively about silver. So if you feel Mm -hmm. like chatting about that stuff, pop by the discord, we are very active on that side of the house. Mm -hmm. Speaking of metals,
1: I'd like to address the, the, the London metal exchange and the, some of the problems that they've been having. So up until now, um, people may be familiar with, uh, the circuit breakers or halts being imposed on stocks that sort of move too much. Um, The exchange kind of needs to make sure that all trades sort of match up. And if there's too many trades happening all at once, uh, the price can sort of fluctuate very, very drastically, uh, just because it's having a tough time sort of lining up orders properly. Often there's about a five or 15 minute halt uh, so that the exchange can sort of catch up and match orders and find an equilibrium price as to all the bids and all the asks that are out there. Um, Because there's been a lot of volatility in the price of some metals as of late. Um, here's to you, nickel. Um, the London metal exchange actually shut down. Um, there was a 12 hour window where they actually clawed back transactions. And basically if you had made a transaction and you had made money, no, it was gone. that that didn't happen. So during their shutdown, they tried to impose a bit of circuit breaker technology where if there's a greater than 5% move uh, similar to like what the S&P 500 does it automatically halts trading just to be able to give the market a chance to catch up like oh crap everything just jumped 5% or lost 5% how am I going to adjust accordingly gives everybody a fair chance so 20% drops don't happen all at once it'll be in
2: like a tiered sort of fashion on the way down. And this isn't something, I mean, the the circuit breaker stuff in normal stock trading, that happens pretty frequently. There's websites mm -hmm. dedicated to tracking that stuff. This is, what, the third or fourth time this has happened in the the 140 plus year history of this exchange?
1: Yeah. And it's crazy that now they're actually regimenting some technology to, to stop this from happening because... I don't know, you can probably look up a stat on this, but
2: there, there's probably a handful of, of times
1: in the past hundred years where gold has traded over 5% in one day,
2: right? Yeah, the intent is for them to be a, a, a hedge against volatility. So to see those things moving that quickly exactly. is just really unprecedented. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why they didn't have uh, circuit breaker halts in place like they do for NASDAQ or, or NYSE exchanges, because they're commodities. They, they don't move fast, like exactly what Joe was saying. The volatility is yeah. not there. You know, until short sellers and uh, a war are, yeah, exactly. exactly. They had short sellers drove doubled the price of nickel, climbing over a hundred thousand dollars per metric ton uh, in just a matter of hours. Yeah, but that was insane. How mad would you be? How mad would you be if you doubled nickel, sold out, and then like the next day, like you got an email from the metal exchange and they're like, "Sorry, we're gonna like take back your order." TLDR, yeah, you still own this. What, uh, <laughs> is there? Is there a call to crypto? For that, like if, if Bitcoin, if it, something equivalent happened with Bitcoin, if Bitcoin went from from forty thousand to one hundred twenty thousand dollars in a matter of hours, right, or eighty thousand in a matter of hours, right, mm-hmm. there's no metal, there's no London Bitcoin exchange to take your money back, right? It's done. Right. It's in your wallet. It's yep. yours. Yep. It's uh. That's an interesting case for uh, decentralized finance. Not a big one but i think just another pro you can add to it's it's an the interesting pro
1: little tidbit and i'm glad you sort of mentioned that cuz i didn't think about that that way it
0: That's does it. add validity to the
2: argument that it's going to take over as you know what what could be seen as stable once yeah things start yeah, to get more close yeah. once like once this.
0: you're stable products right once you're stable because you know the housing market you could argue is in a bubble right so you look at gold you look towards your commodities for stability but that's gone once you're once your your nickel and your neon is and your palladium is trading like bitcoin what uh what, what is happening like where do you go to safety it's definitely yeah.
2: not oil <laughs> there's no yeah no, definitely
0: not. not oil
1: right now there's there's no flight to safety right now you are right like we can see oil going up from uh, relatively eighty dollars a barrel to over one hundred and thirty, and now it's back down to a hundred dollars a barrel. And it's crazy because I've filled up my car a couple times over the past few weeks, and the price has done nothing but go up. Why is that?
2: Well, it's the it's the it's the constant talk of uh, OPEC rockets and feathers. It's you have oh, so companies, supply, yeah, supply and demand. demand. You have companies that okay, are looking yeah. at these massive volatility swings, and they're saying costs come down well how valid is that what if russia goes after another nato nation what if opec decides that we really like these profits and we're just going to sit on production it's interesting because
1: like the, the price of oil temporarily did go up so theoretically massive companies like exxon or like if you want to boil it down a little bit further like your your small time gas stations like they may have had to buy some or all of their gas like a a a purchase of gas or oil at an inflated price, they're not gonna sell for a loss. They're in the business making money. Like it's gonna take longer for the end consumer to sort of see that price reduction. You see the price influx really quick because ooh, now I can charge more,
0: sure. Yeah, but you'll see it going down. And what's really interesting is through all the volatility, um, the price of oil's gone about 80% or 30%, sorry, uh, and gas prices have gone about 30% uh, since January. Mm so gas prices are usually kind of laggard to oil um but what you what you were talking about is a hundred percent right they bought gas when oil was 130 dollars, so it was more expensive and they've got to sell all that gas before they can buy more gas uh hopefully at a cheaper rate the only saving factor the only saving grace would be competition so i don't know how it is in canada but here in the south there's a gas station on every single corner so if you bought gas at one thirty, and you're charging, let's say four fifty uh, mm-hmm. a, a gallon, but the person across the street from you bought gas at one ten, yep. or when oil was one ten, they bought their gas. So they can charge less and still make a profit. Now what do you do? Do you sell for a loss, or does no one buy your gas because it's ten cents cheaper? Yeah, we have station? the same thing here. Literally, uh, the I like
1: drive around. There's okay. a, a street that you can drive down. It takes five minutes to get from one end to the other, and there's like eight gas stations along the whole way, and you just like drive it down all the way one way and then pick the clo- like the cheapest one on the way back. And they're okay. all like major brands too. It's not like it's like a small random mom-pop gas station that's like old dirty fuel,
2: you know. You look at the the timing of it too and it's interesting to see that the price drops as soon as legislation starts coming out that they may go after excess profits mm. for for oil and gas sales. So not that I think those bills bills have, you know, an ice cubes chance in hell of getting through. Um, well, right now, but big oil is just going to lobby there's... against them, and
1: nothing's going to happen.
2: Right, but the threat of losing those profits in the the image or the uh, yeah, you know, the, the the specter of gouging at the time may spur some of those changes too, because the prices for that are very reactive to current climates as opposed to the gas prices like you're saying they've got to move through that
0: stock yeah. at that cost it's 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 them getting greedy that's what it was they had imposed record profits for 2021 oil's going up for 2022 take the loss, oil. so you raise take gas the prices the loss. doing the regular greed yeah they needed to take the L there and stay under the radar but they got too greedy they didn't they didn't eat the oil price right you've got america which is just so pent up and pissed off from the lockdown we can't wait to leave we can finally get you can leave but everything's finally go twice places. as
1: expensive careful and where you go
0: everything's gonna be twice as expensive right and we can't yell at bananas or, or the chicken companies i mean we should yell at tyson but we're not right so like we're don't yell at the egg companies on, on oil you leave my eggs that <laughs> flows upwards with uh with representatives right so now you've got pissed off like congressmen coming after oil and you know, I think yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, my question is uh, not we're not turning this into a carbon issue. We're not talking about climate change, but what do you, as traders as investors, 70 uh, the top 100 companies produce 71 percent of the carbon emissions. Don't you think wouldn't it be cool if we top had like 100 a share? companies are also uh,
1: like disproportionately larger than everything else, right? Like
0: the most efficient animal still consumes
1: a heck of a lot more food than the
0: smallest bacteria. Yeah. I mean, so I guess we got, well, that's what percentages
2: are for though. I wouldn't, I disagree because if you look at the percentage of overall, let's call it their market share of carbon production, of course they're going to have a higher because they have a wider operational scale. If you were to look at per capita, Export of carbon. Then you start looking. That's a good metric. Per capita is a realistic one because then you start looking at airlines. You start looking at shipping containers, things that are (laughs) traveling in unregulated space, international waters where they can burn dirty diesel and they can just dump their trash and waste over and not have to worry about regulations or fines. That's where your big impact's up. There's, there's, There's a reason the oceans are trash and it's not because... Of how one country regulates it, it's the fact that the once you get outside of borders, it's the wild west for anything the EPA would look at.
0: Yeah, hmm. that's wild. Scary stuff. Well, at least we have some regulations in yeah. the market. Yeah, it's all about constraining crazy movement. Now, is there not wrong a way you can do that by looking at candlesticks or price charts? <laughs> there was a carbon output th chart. <laughs> I like
2: that. No, the um, we're in a falling wedge here. Yeah, i did wish. I, th- I think this would be a very uh, I don't know what you'd call this a, a, ri- a rising, broadening wedge or something for economic disaster. That's terrifying. Okay. But as far as market stuff goes, um, there is reason for optimism. Um, we're coming up a little opium. Little opium. Um, you got to temper it with you know what's happened every single quad witching date. Um, Ooh. this coming or tomorrow for Friday of uh, as oh, of the dude. recording of this In the recording as as of recording um, when this gets released quad witching will have happened so we'll see if we've got any kind of uh, accuracy to our reports but we do expect a drop uh, as with every quad witching date what we can do is use technical analysis to see how far we expect that drop to fall and uh, whether or not anything that you're tracking at the time gets completely obliterated by those drops.
0: Sweet. Let's yeah. dive in.
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> really what I wanted to go over was just how uh, these constant huge swings that we're seeing, whether it's driven by war or it's driven by fuel prices, uh, they all create patterns. And everybody that trades with technical analysis tries to identify the pattern and then make a profit off of it the problem you get into when you don't have the experience in TA or you're following someone else's due diligence where they say, this is the pattern. This is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. Is there are points where that pattern is going to fail and you need to be able to identify where those failures occur and whether or not it's an actual breakout, which is where the price action moves outside of that pattern and either confirms or uh, invalidates it, or whether that failed break occurs from where you're what you're expecting. A failed break is using a pattern to track future movement and then when it does not follow that expected future movement. So it's... how do you know when it's
1: not following? Like, would you say that it's like a certain percentage away from where you thought the bottom was going to be? Or like, what are you sort of basing the invalidation on?
2: What you're looking for is consistency. Okay. So when Let's just use something as simple as, as a flag um, or a pennant where you've got a price that is moving in a consolidating pattern, meaning the, the highs are getting lower and the lows are getting higher. It's tightening into a little triangle. You want to identify every time it touches one of those trends, either the upper portion or the bottom portion of the triangle, mm-hmm. identify if it's got consistent volume, and if it's got consistent movement in that area, and then any other indicators that will support whatever it is that you're tracking within that pattern. A failed break will occur when you have all of those consistent identifying factors, and then it still falls out of pattern. Hmm. So if it's coming down to where you were expecting support, and it's got the volume that you're looking for, it's got you know support on a monthly res- uh, support line or something like that, or it's on trend, and then it still fails out of that, that means that there is something else, nine times out of ten it's going to be fundamental, something else driving that price action that's taking it out of that pattern. That's a failed break. A false breakout is where you get to one of those confirmation points. Like, it's coming up to the top point of that pennant. Okay. Coming up to that top trend. You don't have the volume. You don't have support anywhere else. It's way above an EMA, or it's nowhere near a resistance or support line. And then it comes back down. That's not a confirming point of that pattern. That's not a confirming breakout of that pattern. We actually saw that... Uh, on our most recent DD AVAV, um, we put out weekly due diligence reports and include a TA block in there, and AVAV had a, several trading days where it was under the bottom trend that we were tracking. Yeah, and that was driven solely by fundamentals, right? There, there's a, there's a, well, there's a war on. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it's dragging the whole market down. There's concerns with the Fed. There's all kinds yep. of FUD. Everybody's worried about it, but none of the consistent factors that had defined that trend line previously existed right there. Hmm. So that was a false breakout. And what ends up happening with false breakouts is is it can actually accelerate the realized breakout of the pattern. So you saw that with ADA. Because it has to
1: snap back to where it should be according to technical analysis pattern. Right.
2: Uh, You have that correlating response, you know, your equal and opposite reaction. Where it comes down, you had that false breakout down, it then catapults it forward, breaks it out early on the top side, and then starts realizing those gains. Interesting. So yeah. that's that's really what I wanted to go over. Was it was as spy goes crazy, it's it's had two great days, uh this two or three great days this week. We're going into a fundamentally driven danger area in quality witching hmm. as it approaches a top trend. Just be conscious of the patterns that you're tracking. Make sure that the edges of those patterns, you have the same consistent data as you did before. Because even though it's coming to that same trend line, the market conditions may be different than when they were on the last test of that trend. Yeah,
1: and market conditions are changing on like a daily basis right now, it feels like. So that's very, very important there. Keeping an eye on or an ear out for fundamentals is ever so important right now
2: yeah your your ta charts are fun to track they're fun to keep an eye on it's really neat seeing them react to you know an an ema or a bollinger band or whatever your flavor of is. but a nuke flying
1: tomorrow is gonna put a kibosh on everything
2: right (laughs) it doesn't doesn't matter how cool your chart is if if uh you know something crazy happens in the world
0: i I also don't think i I wouldn't trade off of a nuke either because there's nothing to do with that money afterwards exactly if New York gets new, if new- oh, yeah, yeah. It's so it's usually not a good idea to, to trade apocalyptic situations. Um, well, know, at that point, like, I'm fuck. I'm not against getting like You're a. You're going $3 for $3. guns <laughs> and bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: my point. If you if you have some metal, yeah, like, great maybe If cares, you might who be able who cares to trade about my dividend
0: payout, yeah. I'll tell you right now, the first person who talks to me about dividend yields after the apocalypse, I'm stealing their canned <laughs> goods. I'm like, oh, here's my here's my Campbell's soup what dividend mean, right here. I'm going to take it from them. They don't have canned goods.
2: <laughs> That's one of my favorite memes is the guy in the tattered business suit sitting around a campfire with children, and he says, uh, yeah, we destroyed the world, but for a brief period in time, we created some great profits for a few people. Ouch. DuPont. We're going to poison uh, the whole world. At that, but out, outside of the apocalyptic mean stuff, the, not having a position is a trading strategy. It's okay yep. to go cash. It's okay to close your positions out and wait until you see something consistent. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, FOMO is a thing, right? We, we see a stock rock at 50%. We wanted a piece mm-hmm. of that action. But every time you try and chase those, you get hurt. Yes, And it's the same especially thing. Especially in this market. Especially if... in this market. It's the same thing right. in bear trends and downtrends right now. If you're trying to time the market, you're going to get
0: hurt. Yeah. yeah. And this market this market's going to try to fake you out too. Uh, notoriously, bear markets have some of the most bullish days because bulls has been waiting mm-hmm. for so long to get in. And so they think, you know, like like let's take, you know, the February 24th, right? Drop down to to 410, 4, 4 410 on Spy, right? And then by the end of the week we we're up to 440. And then by the end of that week we we're back down to 415 again. Right? So if you picked up Spy at 430, you think we were going back to like 450 or 460, right? You were boned by by the end of that week. And so much of that is driven
2: by hype, right? So much of that is is you know, groups talking, talking themselves up, and, and the chatter among it that you see on Twitter or whatever. It's, I, I constantly harp on this that it's so important to have a group of people to bounce these ideas off of, and have someone
0: back you off a cliff if you are looking at doing something drastic. <laughs> uh, you are a hundred percent right. I'll, I'll I'll take the L. On, well, I didn't take the L on it, but I'll say this: I uh, Wednesday right before the news came out about China uh, wanting to support their tech stocks in foreign markets. I went to the group, and I was like, guys, should I just YOLO on uh, Alibaba puts? And then the next day, it jumps up like $30. You died. Uh, so, you know, luckily, yeah. Luckily, someone, I mean, I wouldn't have done it. But I probably would have bought like one or two. Uh, but I went to the community. We talked it over, decided not to get too greedy. And thank goodness, because, you know, as, as soon as things get low enough, there's, there's some good reasons to buy. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. China took advantage yep. of that situation.
2: Our Discord's free to join. Y'all pop in, enjoy the conversations. There's no financial advice flying around there, but there's a lot of great data. There's a lot of people that have different sets of eyes to look at things with Lots of and news. Uh, you know. Worst case scenario, you get somebody that challenges your own theory yeah. and you can either prove it and make it stronger or find the holes to mm-hmm. fix.
0: Right. Absolutely. And we've got like a huge like range of traders. People who start trading during like GameStop, people who start trading, you know, some some later time last year yeah uh, you know, I've been I trading was born in the weed boom. My first trade was in 2009. What about uh what about you? Um Joe how long have you been like studying technical analysis? I've been because you are like the best technician I've ever met. Like you are. I appreciate spot that. On with this stuff. Uh, um I actually as spot on as you could be. I
2: actually haven't been trading but maybe two and a half years, but I've been doing pattern recognition and data, analysts, uh, data analysis for um, some different contracting groups for the better part of a decade. So it's a, it's definitely was a pretty straightforward transition coming over to the stock market. Just taking one
0: skill set and then learning how to make a bunch of money yeah. in a yeah. different application.
2: That's, that's, everybody wants to learn a new skill during the pandemic. I decided to go look at stock charts. Sure. I love uh, it.
0: That's fantastic. Do you want... To try your hand in a new game of rip it or dip it.
2: <laughs> let's see
0: how that works yeah. out. Can I tank cool. Patrick's now, score? Can I be, can I be tallied under his comu- you, column? You are going to be Patrick. Yeah, yes. Um, I need I need some way to come back. Uh, and I'm taking so I'm, I'm taking a book right out of the market. So I'm just going to play dirty as shit. Uh, we have halted um, Patrick's picks. <laughs> uh, they can resume as soon as uh, nickel. As soon as I can start trading oh my, my damn nickel again. Uh, so. <laughs> to let's go ahead and recap what happened last time uh we'll just run through this really fast williams sonoma tim you said dip patrick and i said rip Damn. and it actually ripped good numbers from uh from from yeah. williams sonoma good strong consumer um pocketbook and you can show that in Lenar too Lenar homes ticker uh-huh. l-e-n uh now, Tim, what you, you said this before the podcast. You, you've never heard of Lenar. I live in a Lenar in a Lenar home, so yeah. I'm very familiar with Lenar. But you never heard of them before. But they had the word "home." I was like, real name. estate. It's probably and something construction
1: related.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, no, Rip. no, 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 I no. Mean, Hang fun. on. I think at the just based on the podcast, if I remember correctly, because I, I was listening to that episode, uh, Major, you were advocating for DIP because of the quality of the home, <laughs> but then you guys all pivoted <laughs> yeah, and changed I mean... your mind
0: because it was a housing market thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I would say, um, Tim's random just you know, a little gripe that no one, n- no one will ever care about. So I'm sorry for even <laughs> cleaning this in the podcast. Uh, the producer will probably take it out. But I can't fit regular sized toilet paper in my toilet paper dispensers. Like they're too small. Like they're made for like children. Uh, fuck you, Lennar. Yeah, that this house costs a fortune. You could have spent the extra ten dollars. I would have given you the ten dollars. We go to Home Depot <laughs> together and get in something that fits them actual off, toilet paper. You own on a zone.
2: screwdriver. Yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, no, I could definitely <laughs> do it myself. That's not the problem. The problem is I had to buy the house, and it came like this. Uh, <laughs> that contractor special. If boy. I, went, if, I went, if I went to flip a house, I would have bought a cheap used one and flipped it. Uh, what about FedEx? I mean, I guess if, if I do need to, I'll probably buy it on Amazon, and they'll probably get shipped to me through FedEx. Uh, at least that's how everyone else was buying stuff uh, in Q4 because FedEx yeah. also ripped up, so we all yeah. get that one right. Uh, and then Sundial Growers, SNDL. I want to give a huge shout out to um, NASDAQ Earnings because uh, that calendar was wrong. Uh, so sundial's not till next week. So keep an eye on that. We'll be back to see on it. Just to remind everyone, Tim thinks the dip. I'm thinking rip. Patrick's thinking rip as well. Uh, so that leads our totals. Tim, you're now at Woo! 16 in the lead Two again. weeks in a row. Patrick's at fifth, Killing it. Patrick's at 15. And I'm creeping Ooh, in at You are 12. catching up. Hm. Just leave us surely. Uh, I I feel like I, the the producer um, cut our rip it and dip it segment from eight tickers to four uh, tickers. Okay, uh, so I'm pretty sure pretty sure he doesn't want me to come back, but I'm going to show him along anyway. Uh, let's go ahead and break in, into this week now. Um, as a custom here, Joe, uh, we're going to let you go first. Oh, great! Uh, American Gold Silver American Gold and Silver Corporation U S A S. Rip it or dip it i'm gonna say rip it give me metals i'll give you a medal if you get it right what about you uh i'm long-term bullish on metals you know me rip for sure i'm gonna go with the rip as well we saw some volatility uh in gold and silver in q4 however i'm still very strong in that forward guidance uh gold's looking pretty attractive right now what about adobe uh, ticker A-D-B-E. Uh, Adobe is the, the software company. They've got a, a really strong moat, right? Like, you've got Microsoft Paint and then Final Cut Pro. Like, is there – or Photoshop. Like is yeah, there anything and in they between? also have so, a
1: very aggressively priced monthly subscription that you have to have to use their products. So I'm going to go with RIP because go monthly subscriptions. It's the way for money.
2: I'm going to dabble in fundamentals because I'm terrible at it. Uh, and say that the pivot in the spring and summer is usually more towards speculative software stuff like this, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going to move away from commodities and into tech. I'm going to say rip.
0: I like that. I would like to point out that we are trading in a different environment than we have in the last three years. Uh, With the first interest rate increase since December 2018, uh, the market has not been super kind to growth. However, this is a growth tech play with a lot of value. Because of the mode I was talking about, like, they're they're Adobe. Like, they're Adobe. You're going to use Adobe. I told you I'm dog Uh, at FA. And and they're subscription. No, no, it's just, uh, but it's beaten up. Like, I think think this might be a really good time to get in on something like a Square, a PayPal, an Adobe, a Zscaler. Um, But what about a Carnival? Or at least a Carnival Cruise, ticker CCL. Uh, For this
1: current earnings, the last quarter probably hasn't been amazing for them. I'm going to say dip. However, I've just got to say dip because there go. may be a little bit of an asterisk there. They've opened up again. They actually have cruises running, so it may be an increase from their
0: previous. I'm still going to go with dip, though. Yeah, Still going to go with dip. All right. And Patrick, you were saying? I'm going to say just purely anecdotal. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, reading off the script here. Go ahead, sorry a, about that the joke. I'm the better looking
2: bald man. Uh, I'm going to go purely <laughs> speculative off completely anecdotal uh, evidence. Some friends of mine took a Carnival Cruise recently, and it was terrible and sparsely populated, and uh, yeah, dipped based on that. <laughs> All right.
0: He's all right. Jay's going to go with a dip on Carnival Cruise. Uh, you know, I've heard some pretty bad things about most of the cruises. Definitely Carnival uh, is you know, <laughs> one, of, one of the the worst ones. But I think on forward guidance, we saw airlines uh, pre-report earnings, just very bullish. So I think on forward guidance with cruises, I'm going to go with a rip here. Um, sundial. Tim, I'm sticking, sticking with my with dip, dip from last week? That sticker yeah. D L. Okay. Joe, what about you? Well will penny Pot stock. Do you wanna change mm. Patrick's answer? What did he have?
2: He had rip. Dude, I don't think he, either. He, I think yeah, it, can, is crab an option? I think it just trades sideways. Yeah, I think the you weed market's bottomed yeah. out, but I don't think it goes anywhere.
1: You could say flat, for
0: sure. He's gonna, yeah, I think flat. Yeah, flat. I think flat. What a rebel. Way to go flat on an episode of Ripper or Dip yeah. it That's like uh that's like being on, like, he wants to be a millionaire and then trying to buy a vowel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can I get an extra spin? Sir, this is a Wendy's. Sir, this is a
0: Wendy's. I, think... <laughs> um, sir, a Wendy's. Uh, I meant Frosty. I'm going to go with uh, Rip. I think from, we, we saw a lot of, like, bullish forward-looking sentiment from other crappy microstock stock penny uh, pot stocks earlier this earnings season. So I'm hoping my boy Sundial comes in with the sentiment. But tune in next week. To find out who ripped it, who dipped it, and who shit the bed.
2: Patrick guy's terrible.
0: Yeah, this Patrick guy. I'm making a comeback slowly. So I guess before we wind up this episode, I just have like one question for you, Joe. What you got? What is your favorite technical pattern for a reversal? Is it a golden cross? Is it the share price going over the 200-day EMA average? Like, what is what? What makes you confident in a reversal? If I
2: had to pick something where I was given a consequential amount of money and was told, find this and make your buy here, it would be an inverse head and shoulders. It's probably one of the most technical, difficult patterns to produce. They take a long time. They have several qualifying factors. But nearly every single time they happen at the bottom of a a bear channel, it just means rockets. It's gangbusters. It prints. We've done... Several different stocks in our Discord, PRTY was a big one, uh, where a long-running inverse head and shoulders presented itself, and then the stock just went nuts. So, uh, super complicated and reversal identif- identifier there.
0: And, and we've seen that recently with one of your favorite picks. I think it might be your best pick of the year uh, for Calm, CalMain, uh, ticker C-A-L-M. It just finished how long was that technical pattern? Six years, seven years? That
2: started back in two thousand and fifteen. That was a seven year huh. developing bear uh trend that was the part of a pennant on a flagpole that ran back the better part of a decade and it is currently breaking out of. Very proud of that. Now,
0: when Joe when Joe came to me with this, I thought he was smoking crack. <laughs> I'm like, guys, like the the, the traders who traded Calmain? Who started this pattern seven years ago? Are no way still doing the same trades that they are like today? Like there's like that's too long. Like there's a cycle of traders. That's a whole batch of interns <laughs> who have come and gone. Uh, Yo, let's on, on pump this Street. egg company. But you know what? <laughs> <Technical> <laughs> your pa- whole like, career, technical patterns eggs. are technical <laughs> patterns. Just <laughs> eggs the whole time. I mean, some people dedicate that's their right. entire career to fat sure. back features trading in mm. the Indian markets. Yeah, we uh, we released
2: our due diligence uh, November 1st uh, on this one. And I want to say the last I looked at, it was up about 39%, depending on your entry. Wow. And that's just at the breakout point. The final confirmation
0: and price target is pretty silly. Now, uh, 39% sounds fantastic. But to put it in perspective, NASDAQ was down. The QQQs have been down about 20%. spy's down about 11%. So not only are you positive, but you're kicking the shit out of the market right now. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Do better than the big boys. Right on. I love it. And thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you liked it, make sure to like it, subscribe, leave a review. We'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. Our most popular episode has been the first time we had Joe on with technical analysis. Uh, So if you liked what you heard here and you haven't heard that one, go back, check that episode out. Uh, It's pretty fantastic. And, um, I think some of the best reviews we've heard on it, I'm not in that episode. So you might, you might actually really enjoy that. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's
2: always a good time listening to you uh, back and forth to work. And uh, where I get the, my enjoyment from uh, listening to you guys go back and forth and doing your own thing, too, is on the YouTube channel. So y'all definitely go check that out. There's a lot of more extrapolated information, more up-to-date stuff than the weekly podcast. So as a listener, uh, really enjoy the podcast portion of it, but definitely support it with YouTube.
0: Yeah, if you want something a little more uh, related, uh, real-time, you can uh, check out the YouTube channel. And if you want to be really real-time, you can join the Discord, be a part of the conversation. We'd love to have you. Jump in there and tag Uh, me. We can walk through some charts for you. I would highly recommend it. Spending 10 minutes with Joe and and charts will really probably save you a ton of money. Uh, Or at least give you a better understanding of what these uh, lines on the screen mean sweet thanks so much for listening guys. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Roots Research underscore. You can find us on YouTube at Roots Research LLC. Tim anything else?
1: We'll cue the outro Right Thank you for listening to the Roots report by Roots Research LLC. Everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between hosts. This is not financial advice as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and join our Discord. Links are in the description below. This has been the Root Report, and stay rooted.